heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. It, guys, I want to start this off by saying there is a warning right now, a warning that you need to heed. You are one week away from Valentine's Day. One week. Okay, you have seven days. Don't wait six days and then go get something. You're one week away. So, you know, pay attention and mark it on your calendar, whatever you got to do, but uh, don't, don't blow it there. Uh, on the show today, we're not talking about Valentine's Day. We are actually continuing the conversation about uh, spiritual warfare. And, and with us today, we have a special guest. Uh, and I, I get the privilege of calling her that. I, we have my wife, Heidi, on the phone. Hi, Heidi. Hello. And she's going to help share some of the perspective from a, a woman's perspective on our topic today. And we have, we have Al and Vinny in studio. Uh, Robbie and Dennis couldn't be with us this week. They had other, other commitments. But uh, we're going to continue talking about spiritual warfare. Now, last week we talked about miscommunication a little bit, didn't we, Al? Yes, we did. And then we also talked about how that went into really attacking that other person's character, for lack of a better term, on how we saw each other. And we used some really good clips. If you missed it, it was probably one of the funnier clips that we had. The nights of clips, we had three really good, or days of clips, we had three really good clips in it. Um, This week we're moving on to another ploy of the enemy and it's it's called agreements and vows and just because i don't enunciate well it's not vowel like a b a e i o u it's vow like v-o-w and, and what does that really mean and so as we start to kick that off is this something that you heard often in church no no not at all i've heard vow before i've, I've said vows right but but it is in scripture in places yeah and we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit but to set it up, we're going to talk about this concept of an agreement. An agreement is a mutual understanding that you enter into with somebody, with a third party, with another person, uh, or another thing, we could say. Uh, dictionary.com uh, gave us a, a, the dictionary.com, as I just said, gave us the, uh, the um, definition of the act of agreeing or coming to a mutual arrangement, a contract or other document delineating such an arrangement, a contract. Now, Vinny, you, you know what contracts are, right? <laughs> you, you've heard that term before. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Yeah, I heard that con- yeah, but a contract's a serious thing. It's very serious. Yeah, and it, it's serious in a lot of ways, and it's, it's serious here, but we're going to listen to a clip here in a second where someone's made an agreement and they made an agreement as a young child, but they really don't understand the effects of that until they're fully an adult. And so it's from the movie The Kid. We've played it a couple times before. For me, it's uh, absolutely the most painful clip just about we ever play. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. Gloria, what are you doing? You're out of your mind. Fine. I'm fine. You stay there. Kill her faster. What? We're gonna lose her. Come on, you pull some stuff. Stop. 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 St
did today. You're killing her! I found the screw, Dad. Screw. Stop trying. Here's the screw, Dad. Look, here it is. Here it is. I found it. Stop trying. Look at the screw. Here it is. Stop trying. Stop. You gotta grow up now. Do you understand? Grow up. Grow up. Mom's dying. birthday. Did I do it? No. No, you didn't do it. It's not your fault. Dad was just saying those things because he's scared. Because he knows that he has to raise you alone. He doesn't know how to do it. So, Al, as you listen to that clip, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, The Kid, it's it's a Disney movie. It's it's family friendly. It's an incredible story of this this agreement, you know, possibly a vow here that gets broken as we talk through this, but also the journey kind of a man goes through. You know, in in, in the actual movie, Bruce Willis's character goes back in time to his childhood to help himself through the difficult times and share wisdom with him. In the process, he understands himself better. Right, and so he's made this vow, that first part of that clip, he's made this 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 vow, I'm never going to cry, right? Because his dad said, don't cry, grow up. And, and he said, you're killing her. And so that was the, if I don't cry, if I don't make a mess, then nobody gets hurt. Right, and he implies to him, you know, that grow up, be a man, don't cry. And so you get to see Bruce Willis's character as an adult through this movie just being really hard. He's just a hard man. And it, it, he's almost like his dad was to him when he, when his mother was dying. Right. And, and through this, they go back and, and as they discover where that vow was made and it gets broken. Right. Right. Then, then the tears are able to flow for him. And so it's really a powerful movie. And I know that it's one that's, that's hard for me to watch. And I, uh, I feel, as I said before, I feel, at times in my life, when I was especially a younger parent, I was very much like that dad. You know, I think a lot yeah. of that was driven out of fear. It was driven out of uncertainty. Um, but uh, I get to redeem it later today a little bit. I get to do a project with my youngest son for, for school. It's due next week. And great thing he told me about it a week ahead of time. And uh, we're going to work, work on a wood project. So that's really pretty cool. No screws involved. <laughs> so it should be really, it should be really fun. Um, as we talk about this topic of agreements, how does an agreement come about, Al? When we're talking about an agreement with the enemy, what's that really mean? What's that look like? And similar to um, the kid, um, the agreement is something bad happens, and so he makes an agreement with himself or the enemy that if I don't cry and I do everything perfect, then bad things won't happen. And so by shutting off his emotions in that case, you know, he has no empathy for anybody and he becomes the product of that agreement, that, that cold hearted, ruthless, uh, emotional shut off man. Now agreements do usually come from our childhood. Not always. They do come from our childhood. But Vinny, I'm going to ask you a question. 
you're a little bit older than a child, right? I mean, you're 84, if I got yeah, that correct. I'm an 84-year-old child. Uh, that's right. I'm going into my second childhood. Second childhood. And, yeah. And, and we've talked pretty openly <clears throat> at times that, you know, you're having trouble with your vision, that you're losing your vision. That's, it, that is true. And, and it would be easy for you and your position to make an agreement, hey, I'm 84, I'm losing my eyesight, I just can't do anything. It, it, yeah, it would be easy for a lot of people, I guess, and it, probably we would look at it as that would be a normal decision, but it's not for me. I mean, I'm so thankful that I reached 84, and the biggest part of my uh, vow is that my wife is blind, mm-hmm. you know, and she's also hard of hearing. My vow now is to stay strong, forget about my problem, because I need to take care of her. And it becomes a thing like natural. I don't think about me going blind, Sam, at all. Right. At all. You know, and most people would just break up, you know, and justifiably. Um, but it doesn't bother me. Something will happen when that day comes, God will help us. Absolutely. Whichever way. And, and not to confuse people, there's different types of vows. You know, there, there's wedding vows, which are good vows. There's right. vows, you know, with with God that are good you know, that you have a covenant right. with God. But these are these are vows that you make with the enemy, right? It's something that he's convinced you, and you, you say, I'm, for example, I'm never going to open my heart up again. You know, I've been hurt by too many people. I'm never going to open my heart up again. And Heidi, we got a, a couple of minutes before we go to break, but I want to ask you a quick question. What are some of the agreements the enemy tries to get women to make? Oh, there's numerous types of agreements that we make. I think a big one is, you know, um, at least for me, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're never going to be able to do X, Y, Z, Um, you're not a good enough mother, Uh, the list goes on and on. And as women, uh, I think we're pretty good at taking all those things on and just trying to suck it up and keep on going. Now, the enemy wants to get you to agree to that, you know, I'm not uh, the way God created me to be. I mean, he attacks the things in you, the beauty that you talked about. He talks about, doesn't he attack sometimes your your ability to be creative and to um, birth things? Not just kids, but to birth things? Yeah, uh, I think there have been times um, throughout our marriage where um, I've tried to start a women's group or um, do an event, and somehow it gets railroaded, and it's very hard to want to keep going in those kinds of situations. Right, and, and Al looked at me confused when I said birth something. I wasn't talking about like an alien. I was, but to to birth, you know, something of beauty to create. I was thinking of going with the wind. I don't know nothing about birthing babies, <laughs> Mister Sam. <laughs> well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, now, Al, what's some of the agreements, Vinny? What's some of the agreements do you think that that the enemy tries to get men to make? Well, you know, for me, abandonment was a big one because um, there were dynamics in my family where. Um, everybody went off and did their thing and I was at home alone. Not that I was in danger, but it was just a struggle. And so uh, that abandonment that everybody was going to leave me at some point. 
Right. So the agreement is, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, but it's going to happen. But it's going to happen at some point. Watch for the signs. Yeah. Um, for me, the agreement was, you know, it's similar to abandonment, but um, you're not a priority. You know, some of that stems back to some of the relationship with me and my dad. We loved each other, but he was just not there for me much and and never felt like what I had going on was ever important. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But we're also going to talk with Heidi about how that's really affected our marriage. Because the baggage we bring in affects everybody. You're listening to The Masculine Journey. If you'd like more information, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. You can check out some of the blogs that we do there. You can look at uh, some of the past uh, shows that we've had. You can download those and listen to them. And we welcome you back here in a few minutes. It's dangerous. It's in the way. It can damage your car. It's a shopping cart. It's a matter of being considerate. When you visit the grocery store or any facility that uses a shopping cart, make sure that you put it away. Return it to the store or to the designated spot for carts. Think about it. You'll save cars from possible damage and save employees a lot of hassle. It may seem like a small thing, but it can make a big difference. Be considerate today. Leaving your keys in the ignition is an open invitation to a car thief. In their rush to get away, sometimes they don't bother to check inside. Whoa, down boy. Protect your ride. If you know something about a car theft, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. Good dog. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Boy, I like that music. Yeah. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking about agreements, vows, the spiritual warfare of the enemy as he tries to derail us in life. And one of the things that we left off with was talking about an agreement that I made somewhere as a kid that I was just not a priority. Again, it had nothing to do with being in a loving family. I was very blessed to be in a loving family. But I had a father that what he had going on always seemed to be more important than anything I had going on. And so I brought into our marriage this, this perspective that, you know, I'm just not a priority. And, and that, that really did well for us, didn't it, Heidi? Wasn't that a great thing that I brought in? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not. So how did that really kind of impact you? And I want to give you free reign here. I mean, um, it, it's very much out in the open, but how did that really impact you for me to have that 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 agreement that you know honestly I still battle at times but how did that really impact you especially in the early years uh, I think that I always had to or I felt that I always had to um, provide uh, a constant um, place of you're number one it's all about you um, not really feeling as though I was able to go and do some things that maybe I needed to do because I always uh, needed to make sure that you were okay with whatever the situation may be. Yeah, and even though that's that's hard to hear, that's the truth. You know, that is the truth of the situation. And, and part of that also... Didn't it lead to making you feel like, man, I, I'm going to fail. I can't do this. Oh, yeah. And 
I mean, that kind of goes at some of my brokenness anyway, um, because I did feel a lot of times that I was a failure and I wasn't good enough, and um, so the enemy just got me to believe more and more that, um, you know, you're right, you are going to fail. It's never going to be like you thought it was going to be, and uh, really um, took me to some bad places. Yeah, including some times that you would withdraw, you know, just you'd have to, and then when you withdrew, my perception was, I'm not a priority, (laughs) and we're back in this vicious circle, and and just so that I can be clear, kind of how that played out and how petty it can really be. I used to get so frustrated when I'd come home from work and Heidi would be on the phone and not get off the phone when I came in. You know, it was almost this expectation, well, I'm home now, so I should be the priority. And I'm, I know you remember some of those conversations or at least some of those looks, don't you? So, so real quick, yeah. so the confetti oh, yeah. didn't fall and the, the marching no. band didn't stop when Sam came home? Yikes. No, no, it didn't. Um, you know, but I was able to get him back sometimes because we would hide and scare him. When I wasn't on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't do well with that. I I startle easy. Now, Al, I know that as we were talking a little bit before the show, this is something that sounded somewhat familiar to you, didn't it? It it did. It really struck a chord because I always felt like there was going to be an abandonment. I was always looking for the signs. And when you started talking about that, it, it helped me to understand that, hey, I was looking for that where I wasn't the priority. And so then I was doing the same thing. And, and Heidi, when you were talking, my wife has expressed different aspects of it, but it's interesting because I can see what you were saying about how it made you feel played out in my wife. Now, so let me ask you a question. Um, knowing that I've done that and, and that we, my wife and I've been working through that too, over, we've been married 17 years. What are ways that guys can um, help a woman through her agreements and, you know, not push his agreements on a woman his baggage on the on the wife well i think a lot of that just go goes to um knowing kind of her story and what um agreement she has made and unfortunately sometimes that's really hard to pull out of us um i think on either side i was really good at um as Sam alluded to, uh, withdrawing. And it was very hard for me to want to share those things because I wasn't sure if I had a um, safety net there, if I was in a safe place. And so you have to create that um, for your spouse on either side of the coin. Yeah, and I think in, in today's world, we need to define safe place a little bit. Right. You know, you see all the, the, the TV um, ads that are running, and, and there's really some situations of not safe places, and that's that's not what we're talking about, but it's a, a, a it's really a safe place with your heart, isn't it? Yes, it is. Knowing that, you know, um, you're not going to be judged, you're not going to be trampled on it's not going to come back and bite you in the butt you know later on um knowing that um we're not gonna hold this information so that it comes out later and backfires on you yeah it's not that makes sense yeah it's not fuel for an argument in the future right 
Yeah. Sam, can I throw a question at you? No. <laughs> Good, because I'm going to. What are some ways that Heidi has given you that safe place and, and helped you through that? Well, I think it's, Heidi's always been a, a, a compassionate person. She has just a big heart. And I'm not just saying that because she's on the line and, you know, it's Valentine's Day in a week. I'm saying it because it's true that she just has this, this compassion in her that's amazing. And so for me, it was it was never a, a factor feeling like I had a safe place. It was more, you know, learning how to try to create a safe place. You know, I was I'm my my anger meter is, is zero to 60 very quickly. You know, I think it's I'm getting older and that helps because things nothing's as quick as it used to be. But it, it I think it's maturity as well. That's gotten better. But, you know, anger a lot of times is my first response. Now, Heidi can tell you when they would surprise me. I didn't laugh about it, did I, Heidi? Because usually an anger no, response. Not, not usually, but um, it always made us feel good. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was good to see if my heart was still really working the way that it should. Yeah. Uh, Vinny, you had something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm listening to you guys here, and it's amazing. I got to keep going back to the age thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was first married... You know, when I got married, I was 22. And it was totally different than what it is today and what is expected from a wife, children, and a husband. I came home, my wife just fell all over me because the man was considered the breadwinner. He was out working hard. So when he came home, all the attention was given to him, me. You know what I mean? And you just, you know, that's the way it was in not only your home, next door, the house. You know, we all were that way. But times have changed. I don't know if I like the way it is now, uh, you know, compared to that. I didn't take advantage. It wasn't taking advantage. Mm-hmm. It was leave daddy alone. He's tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, Different in the 40s. You know, it was totally different marriage. It was. I mean, that's the, it's a difference between the father knows best. If you haven't right. seen that, go look at it. And married with children. Right. Yeah, two two yeah. totally different dynamics. You know, I think we think of uh, iron sharpens iron as being a guy with a guy, but I'm hearing that from you and Heidi that you do that. And I know my wife and I have done that. I've, I grew up where I was the prosecutor looking for the death penalty in every argument. Right. And my wife has always been, you get the benefit of the doubt, no matter what it is, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And over the years, she's made me a better man because I've seen it happen and I appreciate it so much that after five, 10 years of it, I started to catch on. Yeah, I want to go real quickly to a clip. Uh, there would be a couple of them I'd like to get in, but we're only going to be able to get one of them in. And, and the one that I'm going to play, it, it's from a movie called Trouble with the Curve. And, and really what that is, is a movie about a father and a daughter. It, it seems to be about baseball, but it's really not. Baseball is just the, the, the backdrop. And it's about a, fa- a father and daughter's relationship where he, in her mind, abandoned her. And, and she's really rough on him, and she says some pretty tough things to him out of her agreements of, I wasn't, it was my fault my dad left, and later she finds out that, you know, that there was more to the story. But this is a part where he kind of explains the rest of the story, and I want to play that for you. You remember years ago, down in Mobile, Alabama, they had the horse running around the field. Yeah. They used to keep that horse in the trailer down outside the bullpen gate. Anyway, I was talking to this, this kid I'd signed. Tell him there's no place for him in the big leagues. And all of a sudden, I realized you were gone. And I couldn't find you. I was panicking. 
I saw the shack there. I went over and looked in, and, and there you were with this guy. You had his hand on the back of your shirt. I don't remember that. Yeah, how could you? You were only six years old. I sent you out, and then I started beating this guy. I smashed his head against the wall. I started hitting with everything I had. Finally, he passed out. Oh my gosh, Dad. I kept waiting for the police to come and arrest me, but they never did. And that's when I sent you out to your aunt and uncles, because I thought they'd take better care of you. I thought I'd failed you. Your mother died a year before, and I was a mess. You have to understand that. Can't you understand that you sending me away wasn't protecting me, it was rejecting me? And I've been working really hard to not let anyone else get close enough to me to do that again. As you hear that, it kind of ends abruptly, but as you hear that, you get to hear what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. You know, there's some element of misunderstanding there, miscommunication. There's the n- not belief that the other's heart is good. Right. Right. And they're both living with some agreements and some vows there, aren't they, Al? And that goes back to what we said last week about communication. You know, here's a guy whose wife dies, and his one of his agreements, I can't do this alone. I am not a good enough man to do this alone. And then the daughter is that it's all her fault, that, you know, she absolutely struggled with, you know, I think you know what I'm saying. She, yes. she she couldn't get past it either. No, because how do you move past you, you know your dad dropping you off right. at, at your um your, your 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 uncle and your aunts, and then again leaving you again when you're 13, which is the rest of the story. If you go watch that movie, it is a really good movie. There is some harsh harsh language in it. It's a Clint Eastwood movie, right? And so the hard part was editing the clip to get that all taken out. But as we've been talking through this, I want you to think about asking God to say, God, what do I do here? Father, I need you to father me in this. Specifically, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, come in and help me to find those agreements. Help me to find those vows. And as those come up, ask Jesus to come in and help you break those. Claim his blood. Claim the cross. Claim the death and the resurrection, the power over the enemy. Because you have that. And then you have God right on the backside to father you through into that next stage and take you into the truth of who you really are. Which brings us up to next week's topic. We're going to be talking about how the enemy attacks your identity. Thank you to listen to Masculine Journey. Thank you to Heidi for being on the show. And we invite you back next week. Have a good week.